All right. What is going on, everybody? Sorry about that small delay there, technical difficulty. But uh, for those of you who are new here, welcome. My name is Andrew. I'm one of the coaches over here at SaberSim. This is a show where we go over how to use the SaberSim app, answer any and all DFS-related questions. You get your questions in one of three ways here. First off, send us an email, support at SaberSim.com. Second, post it live in the YouTube chat. Third way, post it in the Office Hours channel in our Discord server. If you're not in our Discord and want to get access to that channel, there is a link in the description of this video. You get access to our similar channels, individual sport channels, and you get access to the rest, excuse me, of the SaberSim team here. So can't say enough good things about the Discord. But with that said, uh, looking ahead to today, we have a three-game NHL main slate as well as a nine-game NBA main slate. So it should be a fun day of DFS here. Uh, if you guys have questions and something that's been on your mind, chances are it's probably been on somebody else's mind too. So get that question in the queue and we'll get that question answered today. But with that said, going to get SaberSim pulled up here and we're going to jump right in. A uh, few questions here to get started, but always room and time for more questions. So first one, starting with the Discord questions here, came in from Trav. Trav said, question for next office hours. Sometimes I notice on FanDuel they have large satellites that only fill about 66% where they give out like 500 or 1,000 tickets to the top third of the scoring lineups. How would you use Saberson to try to get as many lineups in the top third and not necessarily needing to get first? Okay, good question here. Uh, so interesting idea. You know, what you could probably do is sort by, win, uh, by cash rate. So... If you guys were to run a contest sim, right, if I come in here and I'm just going to build 500 lineups, I'm going to set up a contest sim, you know, the, the chances are that there's there's not going to be some type of preset contest uh, for this. We're mostly pulling in GPPs, we're pulling in live finals, but we're not pulling in all of the different satellites that are in the lobby. So you're probably going to have to go into your contest sim settings you know, I would set it up as if it's like going to fill, right? So set up your contest size appropriately. Uh, you know, the tricky part is going to be getting these percent to first and percent entries paid, right? So, um, you know, it still might be like, hey, you know, one third of the field, right? So do like 33%. And then you could even do your percent to first, whatever that ends up being. But then once you once you run this contest sim, right? It's like this is probably like 33%. I don't know. This might be like like 1% or something like that percent to first set this up and then i'm going to run that you know when you get to this point remember that you know the cash rate is basically lineups that are coming in the top one third of the contest the most frequent so you can probably just sort by that i think it's fine you know i was talking to somebody about a similar scenario where it's like hey you know when i'm playing satellites i literally only care about getting first place and nothing else. I don't care if there's like a small payout to second or a small payout to third. I just want the ticket. You know, what do I do in that case? And I told the person like, hey, you probably just want to sort by win rate. Like if if winning and nothing else matters to you, uh, which, which you know, you should probably play those contests in that like frame of mind anyways, uh, sort by win rate. But then when you're in this scenario, right, you build your lineups, you set up your contest sim, you run your contest sim. If you're trying to play these FanDuel ones, you're trying to, you know, leverage the fact that these contests aren't filling. There may be, you know, 500 entries, but it only gets, you know, filled up with 350 entries and 150 entries are dead. Well then, Hey, maybe you want to come into your contest sim and then go and sort by cash rate. And you know that these are the lineups coming in the top 
third of the contest the most frequently, right? So I think it's okay when FanDuel runs these, you know, mega satellites where you don't have to just win first. You could come in a bigger percentage of the standings and still get the same ticket. Well, hey, it might make sense to do this. So uh, good question. You know, I'd say FanDuel satellites more than any overlay. So if you guys are looking to get some access to some bigger, higher dollar tournaments at a discount, you know, I would definitely check out FanDuel because uh, from all the satellites I've seen, theirs tend to fill the least often. All right, good question there. Uh, next question here from SD Lancaster. Question says, question for today's show, what is the most successful stack type for NBA or what stack types would be the most recommended? Is there any data on that? Uh, so really correlation isn't super important in NBA and you can see this two ways. One, you can see by the level of the correlation slider, correlation slider fairly low, right? It's at a two, it's at a low level. And then another way you can see that is by going to any player on this slate and then looking at their correlation values, right? So you click on a player, you're going to get this graph where their range of outcomes is going to show up here in a minute once this loads. And then what happens after the fact is that in the table below, there are going to be a bunch of correlation values telling you how this player correlates to other players on the slate. So let's see if we can get this to load here. Give me a little trouble. Nice hard refresh should do the trick. Okay, letting everything load back up. So this is a useful tool if you guys have an issue, you know, just Command-Shift-R, Control-Shift-R, depending on what you're using. And then we'll see if this comes up now. Let's try a different player. Hmm. So not sure why I'm not seeing them. So I'll make a note here. Uh, distribution. If anybody's like on Saber Sim and like you guys can pull one of these up and let me know if it's loading for you and maybe it's just like a me problem, that'd be great. Oh, there it is. Boom, finally. Okay, so so in this graph here, you can see that the highest positive correlation for Shy Gilgis Alexander is 0.05. Meanwhile, you know, the lowest negative is negative 0.06. So these are all within a very short band here and no high values. If you go and look at a sport like NFL, uh, you know, if we like go and pull up the Super Bowl here, you're going to see these huge correlations between players like Brock Purdy and like George Kittle or like Brock Purdy and like Brandon Ayuk, right? If I go and pull up Purdy, you know, we're seeing 0 0.38, 0 0.34, 0 0.34, 0.21, you know, way, way, way higher values, right? So in NFL, you know, correlation component is a lot more important on on a normal slate not necessarily a showdown but in like a classic slate you know you're gonna want to do some stacking but in nba i don't really think you need to worry about it i actually think that people are more concerned about controlling the amount of players from the same team because you're kind of saying like hey you know what are the most successful stacks for nba most people come at this like hey you know how do i limit the amount of stacks i get in nba because the correlation is so low. So like a common rule that I've seen uh, widely used here is some type of rule like this one. I think we did an example recently where it's a group automatic rule. You say use no more than X players per team here. Uh, people usually do three here and then group by team. So you're basically saying, hey, I don't want to use more than three players per team because 
the end of the day, there's only so many fantasy points to go around in an NBA game. And if one person is shooting the ball, then those are opportunities taken away from somebody else. Uh, one thing that I, that I typically recommend here is to come into your table before you run your lineups, before deciding whether or not to use that rule and sort by value here and just look at, you know, what's going on here. So like in this case, you know, the top three values are all Dallas. So I would just like go to Dallas and be like, Hey, what's going on with Dallas? Oh, Luca's out. Oh, Kyrie's out. Oh, Derek Jones Jr.'s out. Oh, Lively's out. Oh, Exxon's out. Right. And like, you see that there's massive value on this team. So maybe this is a day where you don't use that rule. Or if you want to be super specific, you're like, hey, maybe I don't want that rule for Dallas, for Charlotte. Um, maybe just like those two teams. Like I don't want the rule for Dallas and Charlotte, but maybe I do want the rule for all these other teams, right? So then what I could do here is I could create this rule, use them more than three per team. I could save it as a manual rule. Now I have 18 rules, one for each team on the slate, since there's nine games, nine times two. So save as 18 manual. I can click this drop down, and then I can see that I have all these rules for all the different teams. I can go to Dallas specifically and like, hey, maybe I'm okay with five Dallas players, right? And then I can just like update the title for my easy viewing. So like I go down here, okay, I'm, I'm allowing five Dallas players. And then maybe I go to Charlotte, right? Uh, Charlotte's here. Maybe I'm saying, okay, you know, maybe for Charlotte, I'm okay with four players, right? So then I can go in here by saving as manual. You can make all these small adjustments without having to make all of these rules yourself. And then you're just tweaking them after the fact. So I think like that is a totally fine approach here is to do something like this, uh, where you handle it on like a team by team basis and make adjustments as you go. But I would definitely allow more than three, probably from Dallas, from Charlotte, uh, um, you know, maybe even Chicago, depending, but. Those are just some thoughts there, but really good question. Okay. Uh, question here from Larson. Uh, any keys to using the Sims for golf? Do we want to set any rules outside of the defaults to gain an edge? Uh, so first place I would go is over to our YouTube channel. If you go to playlists and you go to how to be golf dfs in 2024 make sure you guys check out this video it's it's fairly recent here uh released at the beginning of the month uh 35 minutes jordan talking about golf dfs in 2024 how to use the contest sims where he thinks the edge is how to uh use saberson most effectively in golf and then you know from there right if i were to go over to this weekend uh we have golf kicking off tomorrow here So a couple of things, right? Uh, you always want to look at weather splits. So one thing with Saber Sim is that we understand tee times. We have tee times in the app. We understand, you know, uh, the courses, the holes, the course environment, the scoring environment, like all those type of things here, right? But what we don't understand is like, we understand weather on a day-to-day -day basis, but we don't really capture weather splits particularly well. So you'll see that, hey, you know, we have the tee times, like maybe, maybe the weather is like, you know, projected for, uh, you know, 80 degrees and, and a little windy, but maybe the wind is worse in the morning and lighter in the afternoon. Well, that's like an opportunity for you to come in here and like do some manual work. Right. So like what I think that you could do, uh, here, which I think I clicked something to make it go back to NBA. 
So what I think you could do here is use rules as like a good way to like capture those things. And what you could do here is set some type of rule uh, that looks like this, basically where it's like, hey, you know, maybe maybe the wind is uh, better, is, is not as strong in the morning, but it's worse in the afternoon. So what I could do is set a rule, say use at least four players because there are six players in a lineup. So I want to lean on the, the uh, good weather split side and say use at least four players whose tea time is before a certain time of the day, right? And then we'll put those players in a group. And then that is like one way to kind of control the weather edge. But but golf is a weekly sport, right? So there's a lot of narratives. Uh, ownership can shift. You know, recent form is super uh, popular to talk about. Like, oh, this guy's been really good. You know, he's swinging it well. Uh, so try and capture those narratives. Try and look around, uh, you know, listen to podcasts, read articles, see See who's on the front cover, see who people are talking about, you know, see who's had good course history here. And you can kind of uh, figure out, you know, where ownership is going to go and play like a little bit more of a game theory perspective. But I would check out that video that Jordan did and uh, learn how to use some of these rules, capture some of the weather splits. And I think that those things will get you moving in the right direction here. But all right, uh, looks like we're all caught up on questions in both the Discord and the YouTube chat. So appreciate you guys tuning in today as always. And we will be right back here tomorrow, Thursday, 2 p.m. Eastern for our next show. So until then, everybody, take care. Good luck. I'll see you all. Thanks. Bye.